Well, folks, welcome to One More Edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. We are back. We are back in Houston, Texas. Back in Houston, Texas, my brothers and my sisters. We're going to have a great show for you today. I had a great time. Met great people. Smart as heck. Interviewed over 40, I think... uh, Probably 34 in the house and other elsewhere was a great, great conference. I feel reinvigorated, ready for us to take it all in November of 2022. How are my peeps doing? How are my peeps? Rodnan says, hi, Deb Denny is in the house. First one. How you doing, beautiful Deb? Michael says, Egberto, are you back home? Looking forward to the huge backlog of Netroots interview Following up on both your Facebook and YouTube pages, I'm going to go light with commentary this week, hoping you have extra time to show your favorite interviews during your live stream. You're a wonderful person. And you know what, Radnin? Uh, you, you know, um, Bridge MCP uh, m- made me get her a particular T-shirt that one of my guests showed. And she said, Egberto, I want that T-shirt. So the guest got up and he ran over to see if there were any more of the T-shirts. And he got her a T-shirt. And he got my daughter a T-shirt. And then she says, Egberto, Rudnin wanted a T-shirt too. So brother Rudnin, you have got your T-shirt. And say, e- email me your, uh, your, your uh, mailing address so that I can send you your T-shirt courtesy of whatever company that was. I don't remember the name of the company. But it's from Chris. Or his name was Chris, right? The guy who went ahead and got the t-shirts for you guys. So you got your dang t-shirt, both you and our beautiful Bridge MCP. Anyhow, let's see what else we got here. Starting, Michael Rudnan says, Arkansas officers were suspended after video on social media shows a police beating. In the video, a law enforcement officer repeatedly and brutally punches a man that Arkansas police identified as Randall Worcester, 27, and slams his head. I saw it on the cement several times. Another officer is seen kicking. I mean, with all the force he could get, he was kicking the guy. I saw that. Now, I may not be a cop, but I'm almost positive that bashing someone's head into the pavement repeatedly isn't standard operating procedure. They need to be, they need to be charged with attempted murder as well as some sort of bodily harm. It was a horrendous video. Michael also said, anyway, mind copy-pasting this back in the chat for me. I'm hoping the conservatives here read the comment and then watch the video after the show. I ask again and end of live stream. This video is regarding conspiracy theory in the right-wing bubble that the FBI after Trump because they fear him running 2024. To the conservatives chat, okay, I'm going I'm to do that for you, sir. Uh, there it is. Oops. I'm gonna, Rudnan is asking me to copy it for all the conservatives that don't listen to him. So I'll do that. It's copied. All right. Now let's see what else we got here. Welcome aboard, Michael Rudnan. Welcome aboard. Uh, Lynn Bryan, welcome aboard. Yvette Avery Herod, uh, how are you doing, my dear friend? Our union activist, Sister Jan, is here. Now, Sister Jan, according to Rudnan, you're a bot. But I want to go ahead since. Since you are a bot, but the the message you make is a message that's going to a lot of right-wingers that I want to address. It says, let's go, Brandon. Gas and groceries are unaffordable, but this jackass wants us to buy solar panels. Well, if we were flooded with solar panels in the first place, 
gas would not be unaffordable and food prices wouldn't be as high as they were. So you see, Sister Jen, what you are calling the man uh, a jackass for, he's attempting to solve a problem that later on won't be there. But under your scenario about just burn, baby, burn, burn oil, baby, burn. What that means is that you will have these cycles of inflation, these cycles of high gas prices, these cycles again and again and again. The difference between a child and an adult is a child sees that you have a bucket of corn, corn seeds, and they want you to make cornmeal out of the entire bucket. The adult sees that you have a whole bucket of corn and they said some of that bucket must be reserved to plant for next year so that we can get more next year, so that we can get more product next year. The difference between a child and an adult, a child doesn't know about planning, an adult does. That is the difference between currently conservatives and progressives. Progressives think about progress going forward. Conservatives just say let's live for today and hope for tomorrow. That's the difference. All right. Bruce Pollard said, with a new T-shirt too. This is the new Netroots T-shirt, my brother Bruce. I love it. I love it. But they're, you know, it's not as good as a couple of ones, the, the dark ones that we had years ago. But it's still a beautiful T-shirt. Lee Grant says, hey, y'all, my brother conservative Grant. How you doing, sir? Michael Rodney says, other than Bush, who lied us into war, cost our nation $6 trillion in treasure, or Trump, who turned politics into a team sport, lying to us on a daily basis. True. Dev Denny says, Tank Murdoch in what way? Yeah, exactly. Michael Rennes says, Berta, yep, I saw the video. Michael Rennes says, I want the T-shirt. Huh? Sure, I'll take one and wear it proudly. Uh, that's what she told me. She said that you wanted that T-shirt that had all... Maybe I'll, after, after I start playing the other video, I'll show you the T-shirt that she said you said you wanted during the show. Melanie Keelan, welcome back, Egberto. She's back from, she is in Barcelona, Spain. I hope all's well over there. All right, we got Eric Hayes says, how does a local judge get off with a slap on the wrist for shooting at someone? Alexandra Smoots on, on Wednesday web as Judge Clark Silverman granted her deferred adjudication on an aggravated assault with deadly weapon charge, an offense stemming uh, from her decision on August 2020 to fire a shotgun, an argument with her ex-husband's girlfriend. I don't know the story, so I can't comment. But, you know, it doesn't seem like, it, it seems to me like that's a standard practice. Michael Rundin says, Jan never responds to anyone else's comment. Yep, that's a but. Eric says, trading fossil, uh, let's see, Eric Hayes says, trading fossil burn? Cars that directly run off fossils for car that indirectly run off of fossils? Huh, sounds okay, I guess. Also, cars that are in that direct money makers to non money makers that won't. Okay, let me let me let me school you on something. The great thing about electricity is electricity can be made from dirty resources like fossil fuels, or it can be made from clean resources like solar energy. The great thing about using uh, electric cars and, and and standardizing on electric cars now is that right now we, we don't have the full complement of green energy, but we do have fossil fuels. We can transition by having the electric car as that thing that's going to burn both of them. It was like when we got E85. E85 could run in any car, right? So what you do is you have you burn fossil fuel for electricity when you have to, but you prefer to get electricity from green resources until eventually you get all of it from green resources. Again, very common. Again, remember what I told you between a child and an adult. 
A child only look at today. An adult look at today, yesterday, tomorrow, the future. A child, an adult. A conservative that doesn't think, and an adult. That's the difference, my dear friends. Choose what you want to be. There are thinking conservatives. I am not speaking in general about conservatives, but I'm thinking about the conservatives that have been turned into parrots, that just parrots what dumb right-wingers want them to parrot to save the, the, the skin of a few billionaires. They're they are nothing but mouthpieces for the billionaires. Lee Grant says, replying to politics done right. I'll check it out. Thank you, my brother Lee Grant. Michael Rudnan says, Eric Hayes, Daily Wire is known conspiracy mail. Find better sourcing. I don't know why people would ever go to the Daily Wire. It's, it's interesting, right? Eric Hayes says, we haven't had the cycles of inflation till Biden came to office. The cycle of inflation, it's not, we hadn't, you know what else we haven't had? We hadn't had a recovery from a pandemic since who came into office again? So, I mean, those, again, are silly statements that need a full thought process. All we need to try to do, brother Hayes, is to just think a little bit. Think a little bit. Hayes says, your three buddies, Ellis, Garcia, and Hidalgo, is added again, $1.2 billion bond on November ballot without any notice to public on it. Oh, wow, how crazy. Good shirt. All right, let's see what else we got here. Michael Ryan said, yeah, I never asked for the T-shirt, but I'll take one. Thanks, Bridget and Egberto. Oh, well, I, well, I got to wait. I got to listen to what Bridget has to say. Maybe she had the wrong person, but we'll wait. Peggy Lopez is here. She says, hi, all. Deb Demi says, Michael Ronan, don't you just love it and run commenters? Yeah, he runs our, he goes ahead and he runs our YouTube, make sure everything runs right in YouTube. Both he and Bridget and CP, that's what they, they, they contribute greatly to politics and right. Couldn't do it without them. All right, let's see. Eric Hayes says, child looks at things that don't cost money and think money grows on trees. No, that's how, well, anyway. Big demand for natural gas these days. God bless fracking and God bless Texas. Yeah, I don't, uh, okay. Uh, let's see, why are you reddening your mouth using left wing? <laughs> I don't get it. All right, Fauci plans to step down in December after half a century in government and he has to be commended. Okay, uh, Daniel Rosa, you know what else we haven't had since COVID? $2 gas. Hmm. Maybe as we get more green energy, they'll be forced to give you 99 cents gas because it's even cost less than that to take out of the ground. But the thugs in, the, the thugs in suits, that's not what they do for you. Anyway, anyway, our first video is from uh, Ilan Omar. Did I, should I do Ilan Omar first? Yeah. I want to do Ilan Omar first, a short video. And the reason I'm doing Ilan is everybody likes to vilify her, but she has a message for those people who think they're patriots. The patriots are immigrants like those who really chose America. Check this out. Representative Ilan Omar, let me first tell you that as an immigrant myself, you are a hell of an honor to have representing us all in Congress. Where are you from? I am from Panama, Central America. Okay. Okay. Now, I find it ironic that uh, today... From those who many a times have been attacking you on, unfortunately for wrong reasons, are the ones that are putting our democracy at risk. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is ironic, right? People who have said that I was un-American, um, are, are truly now showing how un-American they are. 
they have contempt for our democracy, for our republic, for our constitution. Um, and it just goes to show uh, that immigrants really do represent the best of us. Like no one really loves this country um, like people like myself and you and all of the immigrants. We chose to be, we here. Chose to be here. And I, and, I, and really feel extreme gratitude for our adopted home that has given us every opportunity that could be available to us. Now, I think one of the problems we have is we have a problem getting our message out. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I do what I do as independent media is to ensure that your message and the message of many others is not misconstrued, it's not really twisted. So my question to you is, um, what do you have to tell? I don't want you to speak to the people, the choir. I want you to speak to my, the, the portion of my audience that is right wing, that really are not informed from somebody like me, but it's informed by all the wrong people. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, what, what can I, what can I say to, uh, those folks? Um, you know, it's, it's really important that people understand that, you know, the, the, the American experiment is something that a lot of people have reference for. Um, a lot of people, uh, really look up to it across the world. Um, I grew up and was raised by a father and a grandfather who were born in colonized Somalia. Mm-hmm. All they wanted to do was participate in a democracy. Uh, and so we have an incredible opportunity in this country to have one of the greatest constitutions, you know, to, ha- to live in, in a country that has open society where you can actually shape, um, you know, the, the outcome of your life uh, in, in your own way. Um, and, I, and I think I just want to remind people that, you know, when the founding fathers um, developed the Constitution, uh, they, they wanted us to continue to create a more perfect union in every work that we do today, whether it is the expansion of access for people to, uh, to the ballot box or whether it is trying to make sure everyone has health care uh, that they need so they're not going bankrupt because they got sick or whether, you know, it's like passing the legislation I passed to feed our babies' bellies before we feed their brains. All of those things really help create that more perfect union and we have to be in it together as Americans in this country. Couldn't have been said any better. One last question and I'm done. I know you're very tired from being out there. So um, do we win or do we keep the house? Yes or no? I'm very optimistic about us uh, keeping the house and hopefully growing our majority and doing the same in the Senate. And then we get to do incredible things in the next two years. Representative Ilan Omar, thank you so kindly for having spoken to Politics Done Right. Thank you. Okay, so, you know, it, it is amazing that the, the one I wanted to get her on record because, as it turns out, what happened is the people that have always accused her, she's un-American, she's un-American. It turned out that they're the ones who attempted to overthrow this country. They're the ones who, had, who went ahead and killed cops. They're the ones who went ahead and went against her constitution. They're the ones that have no respect for what they want to claim this, this country represent. Now, here is the, the T-shirt that she was talking about. Uh, let's see. Here is a T-shirt. Oops, let, let's see if I can get it in front of the camera correctly. This is a T-shirt that uh, she said you said you wanted. But uh, the, uh, we are the economy and then name all the kinds of people. Anyhow, uh, that's what we're talking about. Before I continue, let me just go ahead and continue reading. Lee Grant says... 
She dismissed the 9-11 terrorists as some people did some things. I think all those, I love the way how they, um, how they love to take people's words out of context all of the times. The good thing about it is as an experienced person, I know what is, I know when somebody's anti-Semitic and when they're not. She's not anti-Semitic. She just wants Palestinians treated with respect and the dignity they deserve. There's nothing anti-Semitic about that. Uh, if anybody does anything wrong and you call it out, that you have the right to do so. Carl Cox says green energy, renewable, yes. Oil, natural, methane, gas, and coal, no. Uh, Michael Renner says, Eric Hayes, you don't understand not to source from conspiracy mills. There are conspiracy mills on the left too. You don't ever see me sourcing them, do you? For highly factual sources. Get it? Good. That's what it's all about. And if you take a look at how we are rated at Politics Done Right, we are ex- we are rated as very factual. Okay. Joseph Williams, welcome aboard. E2247, welcome aboard. Daniel Lado, welcome aboard. Lee Grant, I think, has saluted you already. Daniel says, so is the FCC okay with Egberto broadcasting a pile of hooey? Really? Is that what I do? Didn't realize that. Joseph Williams said, that's because we immigrants actually take a test on civics. Americans don't do that. We don't only take a test on civics. We have to know. We have to really know about America to pass that naturalization test. Lee Grant says, she, uh, I read that already. Uh, let's see what else we got here before I, I move on. Lee Grant says, I don't buy her strict. Uh, you probably should. She's a really nice person. I spent some time with her. She's very, very, very nice. Eric Hayes says, more cops were killed in 2020. Oh, yeah. Check out by whom. Bridge MCP says, hello, T-shirt. I think, Bridge, you really wanted to say, hello, is that my T-shirt? Hurry and send it to me, Egberto. All right. Uh, let's see what's up. Uh, Lee Grant still haven't read any fact checks. I am guessing you couldn't imagine what it's like for the Palestinians liking under the boot of oppression. Actual oppression, not the fake BS you believe yourself to be under. WAPO, many people expect our community to feel like it needs to hide every time something happens. Representative Ilan Omar said, but repeatedly we have shown them that we are not to be bullied, not to be threatened. We are not to be terrorized. We are strong and resilient and we will always show up to be ourselves because we know we have a right to a dignified existence and a dignified life. All right, not younger than 15, uh, let's see, E2247 says not younger than 15 nor older than 44 or in the data, 21 million and about one in three girls. What is that about E2247? Uh, uh, Oh, I got it. I got it. Great. Okay, continuing, we have Carl Cox. Being opposed to some of Israel's policies does not, I repeat, does not make you anti-Semitic. That is what they like to do in order to shut you up, but you have to disregard it. You have to disregard it. British MCP said most Americans could not pass a citizen test. Gave to my students, only foreigners passed. You know, that's because, you know, when I was in, uh, in, in, in school, right, I had to learn Panamanian history. I had to learn American history. And I had to learn world history. We had to learn the capitals of every single country in Europe, Africa and elsewhere. The capital city of everyone. Of course, it's a lot changed. I mean, there's no more Yugoslavia. There's no Croatia, uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina, Serbia and all of that. That all used to be one country. Yugoslavia. Same thing with, with Yemen and all these other places. We had to learn all those capitals. 
We have to learn the major cities of the United States. All of that. Nobody here here has to know anything about the rest of the world. And it's, it's, it's sad. Because if you know more about other people, then uh, you don't make the silly mistakes that we make all of the times. Our population doesn't remain fooled about what's really going on. But they want to keep Americans as uninformed as possible because then they can get away with as much as possible. Uh, Daniel says, you have the right to dignity. Really a right? And just where does that right come from and who enforces it? We do. Yes, you have that right. Bridge MCP said, they stopped civic classes and changed social studies. Paul Fleming says, school was like that for me, but they don't teach that way anymore. 70s. All right. Deb Denny says, oh, that's a different one. Peggy Lopez, como estas, mi hermana? She, uh, she says, Americans of my generation did study civics and history of world in a grammar school, middle school, and high school. Part of the GOP and Democrat educational system have dumbed down America. Check out the Powell memo. That's where it all started. As a first generation born in America, I learned about the horrors of Hitler growing up by my hysterical perspective is both political and personal. Okay. Uh... The author, or rather the publisher of, uh, of um, Daily Coast, uh, he came by to my booth. We had a great interview. I want you guys to listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. Welcome to Politics Done Right, live from Netroots Nation 2022. Today I'm honored to be with the founder, the publisher, the extraordinaire, Marcos Molitzas. Marcos, how are you doing today, my friend? Doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Well, absolutely. All nice little rig you got here. I'm well, very you know, impressive. We, we got we to keep things going, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and not only that, we have to make sure that when this stuff appears on Daily Coast, everybody see the guy uh, who founded it the right way, right? All right, yeah. Anyway, what have you been up to? Because you don't, you don't do the daily stuff at Daily Coast anymore, right? Uh, no. Um... I like to do more, I do more of the strategic work. Right. And honestly, the last couple of years, I had to step back for family reasons. Mm -hmm. I have a, I have a, a teen daughter who had some mental health struggles during the, particularly exacerbated by the pandemic. Right. So that took a lot of my energy. And you know, when you're like worried about somebody's life. Uh, and I have I have full custody of her, right? So she's my responsibility, right? Uh, as a single dad, so I, I had to put a lot of energy into it, into that. So it was hard for me to focus on things like work. Uh, so I sort of stepped back. The good news is everything. The school's reopened. She's had a lot of great care. She's doing a lot better, and so I've been reengaging. Uh, you may see that I've been doing a lot more writing, I uh, particularly covering the, the war in Ukraine right. and, um, and starting to really delve more into the politics of this November election. Mm-hmm. I have a, my own podcast as well. Tell us about your podcast. So Daily Coast, The Brief with uh, Carrie Ellevelt, who is a staff writer at Daily Coast, who mm-hmm. covers elections. So really sort of digging into the right. meat of what's uh, happening in November. And I think now people are realizing that abortion and Dobbs and Donald Trump are having an impact that is that is busting the expectation of a typical midterm election, Thank which, you. Which, which normally are a referendum on the incumbent president. Right. Uh, we were talking about that a year ago, back when there was no evidence other than like, this has to probably have an impact right. when the Supreme Court does X, when Donald Trump race, starts raising hell. 
Uh, and so we're feeling a little vindicated right, right. now. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, you know, it, it is funny because I was speaking to Yvette Simpson uh, earlier yesterday. And I said, you know, the problem is everybody is going about talking about history as if while history can be probative, history, it doesn't have to be repeated. And they have been our a lot of our intelligentsia have been living the history of the past. Well, history is a past, but that's what they've been living. And a lot of us have been coming out and say, no, let's make history. Let's create what needs to occur. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, for me, it's even been less in creating history. To me, it's first of all, history assumes a certain baseline of normalcy. Right. There are examples in our history, mm -hmm. like after 9-11, mm -hmm. where the political situation isn't normal. Right. And thus people react differently. And, and the, the key sort of underlying theme of a midterm, the reason a president's party loses power, right. loses seats in a midterm election is because that refer that election is a referendum on that incumbent president. Right. Uh, our system is designed to reward people who promise things to get elected. Right. And then punishes them by making it near impossible to accomplish anything. Right. And if you do, you have to compromise severely. Right. Because you have to get through two chambers and then and then you have a Supreme Court as well. So it's impossible for the incumbent president to really meet expectations. Right. It literally has never happened in the history of the world, right? right. And there's a reason Joe Biden has a 38% approval rating right Which now. Is terrible. Yeah. yeah, he's terrible. You don't have to pretend otherwise. Yeah. It's because he, he can't live up to the expectation. Right. Joe and in this case, it was Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema. Right. But the system is designed that two people in, you know, you can't even have a basic majority in right. govern. Right. So that's a normal election. Um, in 2002, which was right after 9-11, right. the incumbency, you know, if it was a referendum on George Bush, people liked how he handled the, uh, the, the war the war in 9-11. So that was, this case is really funny because what we're seeing is something I haven't seen, I don't think I've ever seen, is a uh -huh. bifurcation of the approval ratings of Democratic candidates and Joe Biden. Exactly. Because suddenly this is no longer a referendum on Joe Biden. Right. This is now a referendum on the Supreme Court. Because the party in power is not Biden. The party in power it's is the, the Supreme, Supreme Court. Court. They are the yes. ones that are legislating from the bench now. And so now Republicans will say, no, you know what? You know, obviously mm -hmm. Biden's in power. They're, they're, they're fired up. Like, right. we're not going to pretend anything else. They are going to come out in big numbers, just right. like they did in 2020. The difference is our side is like, no, we're not in power. And we're fired up because it's the Supreme Court. It's important, That's right. the difference. And everybody sort of forgotten. That, that Joe Biden exists, right? I mean, he's right. almost irrelevant to the, to the equation. And so the second piece is now Donald Trump. Again, how can you have an, a, a referendum on an incumbent president when the ex-president is essentially running for president right exactly. now? Exactly. So we're back to 2020 dynamics. Right. It's a general election dynamic. So right. if you think about Joe Biden, you think, well, there's Donald Trump. Right. But I think in our side particularly, you're not even thinking that. You're thinking... Right. My, my right to an abortion has just been restricted. And Clarence Thomas wasn't even like dog whistling about it. He said, I'm coming for your, your contraception rights. That? I'm coming for your, your same sex marriage. I'm, you know, the only thing is what's interracial marriage because it affected him directly. But the underlying uh, legal premise. Precedence is actually from that. Yeah. It's, they're all the same. It's, yeah. it's the underlying right to privacy. Right. So we don't even have to, you know, there's a lot of, you know, sense of Democrats crying wolf on abortion, right? right. You know, 
because we kept saying they want to take it away and then it would never go away. Well, now they have. And now they've given us a roadmap to everything else they're coming after. And so um, these are extraordinary conditions, circumstances yeah, right. that have nothing to do with Joe Biden. Right. I mean, the, the last guy, he's, he's running and, you know, there's and also, he's taking up all the airtime. Yeah. And criming and, you know, yeah. there's all the investigations and him being is, you know, who he is. Uh, and then there's the Supreme Court overruling basic rights. And so what does Joe Biden have to do with any of that? Right, right, And so right. suddenly it's no longer a referendum, which, thank God, because if it was a referendum on Joe Biden, we were, we'd be sunk. <laughs> then you have the Republicans making the campaign about the economy, about gas prices, and suddenly gas prices are dropping, inflation suddenly. Abating, uh, it's zero yeah, right now. Yeah, it, maybe even a little negative. Yeah. Things, you know, big news on, like, chicken wings are now back to pre-pandemic right. prices, eggs are coming down. All these things that people were obsessing about right. and Republicans thought was their campaign right. are suddenly not that big of an issue to the point where Fox News is is, is hilariously schizophrenic. One day they're like, gas, literally last week, I think on day one, it was gas prices are going up and it's Joe Biden's fault. And then the next day, gas it's prices are going down and small businesses are suffering and it's Joe Biden's <laughs> fault. <It's, laughs> what do you do? Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, okay, you got nothing. So now they're going after IRS agents. And, oh, and now they're coming with AR-15 yeah. guys, you know? And so it's, they have nothing right. and they're flailing because when the press talks to them or even voters, they're, they're asking about Donald Trump. Right. And they don't want to answer questions um, or they're asking about uh, abortion. Right. And they don't want to talk about it. They're the dog, the proverbial dog that caught the. the, the but you know the, what, the Marcos, I, I, I am a bit sometimes upset with the mainstream press in that they don't press Republicans hard enough on the on the things that they do. Yeah. You know, of course not. I don't think they, they, yeah. they, they press hard enough. Um, you know, when you talk about the Supreme Court, it's interesting because uh, back at Daily Coast, dailycoast.com. I wrote an article talking about how the Supreme Court was going to be the, the, the institution that caused that that caused minority rule if left unabated, uh -huh. and it's exactly what has started to occur. So you know we, we've been doing that for some time now. I also believe what we have known as the likely voter model is completely off. I'm curious to know your thoughts on on that. I'm, right now, it's the everybody's voting model. Right. I mean the 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 People are going to vote. And you know what's amazing is, is we're starting to get really good polling out of Senate races, right? right? So we had a poll out of Wisconsin by Marquette. Seven points. Seven points. Now, Marquette's, it's one of the best pollsters. Right. In the this is, you know, there's pollsters that are like, right. okay, Marquette is, it's one of them, you know, Ann Seltzer in Iowa. Right. These are the pollsters, when you look at their numbers, they're going to, they're pretty spot they're on. They're close, yeah. They did voter screens. And the more they loosen the screen, in, in other words, the more people they assumed would vote. Right. A tight screen says, like, young voters aren't going to vote and, you know, uh, people of color aren't going to vote. Like, um, you loosen it up. More and more people are going to vote. Be like a general election right. where people vote for president than they right. do in the midterm. The more they loosen the screen, the, uh, the, the better um, Democrats, appear to Democrats do. And by all indications, they are going to vote. Right. But here's what's crazy is a tight screen... Democrats were still, I think it was like a one point difference, right? I think yeah, it was seven they, they, they with a white screen. Yeah, yeah. So it means that even in a universe where it's a tight, mostly Republicans voting because it's a midterm election, right. Democrats are still winning. Yes. Yeah. And that, that says a lot. And, and it's, we don't even have to look at polling. We can look at actual general, right. uh, actual election results. We've had three special elections since Dobbs. Yes. 
not including the Kansas. I, that's the one I'm centering not, on. Yeah. Not even including Kansas. <laughs> right. There have been three House special elections. Right. Before Dobbs, Republicans were outperforming their 2020 numbers by three points. Uh-huh. That means there were three points more red than in 2020. Than before, yeah. They would take control. With that, they would take control of the House and Senate. Right. In the three elections, small sample size, right. but in the three elections since Dobbs, Democrats are outperforming uh, Biden's numbers by eight points. Imagine that. It's an 11-point Imagine swing. that. That's an 11-point And swing. you're looking, uh, you know, uh, uh, targets for our data showing that there is a huge gender gap in new voter registrations, right. in partisan affiliation in those registrations. Mm-hmm. And in people that have never voted. Yeah, but our people. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, Trump's yeah. still been able to get some people right, that never right, voted right. that, you know, yeah, are yeah. Nihil- political nihilists. Right. And, you know, mired in the racism or whatever. Yeah. But um, we have a harder time getting our people to vote right. than they do. Yeah. Because their base is white, older, yes. male, rural. And, and it's easier for them to vote. It's so much Come easier. on, in Texas, you can vote yeah. with a gun license, but not a student uh, card. Yeah. Come on. Of course. So it, it's, they, the dynamics have shifted dramatically. The shape, like what you were getting at, right? Mm-hmm. The shape of that likely voter screen. Right. Is different. And so, um, I am putting a lot of stock, not just in the polling, which is looking better and better, but right. just in those election results, right. what we've seen, right. in who has turned out for the primaries. Right. Uh, people, liberals, Democrats, want to vote, even if there's nothing on the ballot worth voting for. Right. Yeah. And there, there's this whole model that, that uses turnout in the Washington primary to predict general election turnout. Uh-huh. And what is it say? It said that... Uh, it was about plus two, plus three Democratic Excellent. electorates. You know, I and there's nothing on the ballot in, I, I, in, in just, 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 yeah, just that. You know, I, 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 I got laughed at a few weeks ago, and I said it's turning. I, I actually think we're going to hold the house. I don't know what you think. I, I actually I'm think I'm feeling okay on that. I am feeling not that great. We're, okay, I know. I'm, I'm still. I'm feeling great about the Senate. I am feeling. Oh, I think the Senate is plus three. And, and, McC- three, and, three and, and McConnell Senates. already he gave it away. It, right? yeah. He'd say yesterday he was like, uh, uh, candidate, bad candidates. Yeah, quality. <laughs> the quality of the candidates matter. But it's not the quality of the if if if. If the dynamics were different, Herschel Walker wins. Ron Johnson is a good candidate. He's and won he's twice. Down, yes. We're yes. going to pretend he's a bad candidate? And a, a black guy wins in Wisconsin? Yeah. In, but then again, he won, he won the general election for lieutenant, lieutenant governor. Yeah. But look, Marcos, what did I not ask you that you would have liked me to ask you? Um, I don't know. I think uh, we covered it. I mean, this is not a typical election. Uh, I will say this. If you remember, go back mm-hmm. 10 years, maybe even five years ago, Republicans like to say this is a center-right nation. Remember that? Right. Center-right oh, nation. I, oh, oh, center-right pra- nation. Oh, center-right nation. Praise in no way. Yeah. When have they said that lately? That's true. It's been a few years. That is true. They're not even pretending anymore. That's why they're doubling down on voter suppression, on using the Supreme Court to invalidate liberal policy, the, you know, the filibuster. They're using every tool possible to entrench minority rule because they've even given up. Yes. They're not even pretend. They were pretending before. Right. They're not even pretending anymore. They know they're the minority party. Marcos Molitza, chairman, founder, Daily Coast. Thank you so kindly for this interview. Uh, pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. That is a, uh, He runs the largest progressive website, bar none, uh, where we have a whole lot of conversation on progressive issues and more. That's who he is. 
So um, I, I am still going with unless something crazy happens in the next several weeks, I think uh, Democrats hold on to the uh, hold on. Anyhow, folks, I think it is time for me to go to uh, my little ask here. So let's go ahead and get started there. Politics done right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What do we do? We make sure to keep, number one, the Internet seeded with blogs and information to counter the right and to present what progressives represent for the benefit of us all to everybody so that it's not misread, misled by any other entity. We make sure and populate that internet with blogs, with videos, with all these other things to make sure that we are informed and to counter everything that you normally hear that, that are lying at the right. We also make sure to create articles in, in magazines, articles in newspapers all around the country to ensure again that our message gets out there. Last but not least, we also write books. As you see it, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom, How to Make America Utopia, are two of the many books that I've written on these issues. So please support us in one of many ways. Numero uno, you can support us at PayPal, either one time or monthly. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can support us on Patreon. That is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us by becoming a part of our YouTube channel, going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, or you can support us in many other forms that you can find at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Be sure to visit our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store, and get our books at politicsdoneright.com slash books. All right, folks, um, and please remember that we're still collecting for the, uh, the Pittsburgh, PA, Netroots Nation trip. So please uh, continue to support us till we get to that magic number. The bill's coming due. It's at politicsunright.com slash netroots, politicsunright.com slash netroots. Please support the program. As you can see, we got some great interviews, and that's only the beginning. We have... I did a total of over 40 interviews. I don't have the exact amount because some of the interviews were actually uh, about four interviews were Zoom interviews that I did while I was over there in uh, PA. But I did, I think, 35 interviews on the floor, uh, getting bringing both politicians and others onto the field. Uh, so please remember to support. Muchísimas gracias. Uh, oh, Eric's going to pay the bill. Yeah, the accountant's going to pay the bill. Okay, Eric, you can go ahead and pay the bill. We love you for doing that. Anyhow, continuing with the program. Continue, oh, did I put the net roots? Yeah, I put the net roots in there. All right, folks, we are going to continue the program. I, I was at the airport yesterday. I got stuck in Detroit for a little bit. I went from, from here, I went to Atlanta, from Atlanta to Pittsburgh. I thought they were going to route me the same way back, but they didn't. They sent me to, to, uh, to, uh, Detroit, and I got stuck in Detroit for over four hours as they had a big plane delay. I don't exactly know what that was all about, but while there, I'm reading and I pick up the New York Times on online, and there I see this article. Uh, let me go ahead and play the video, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. I, I mean, my blood started to boil. I made the video right there in the airport in. Um, in Detroit. So this video I made in Detroit. Check it out. The story that's been going around, it made it viral. 
it's, it's been going viral. It's a story in the New York Times. It turned out that there was this uh, particular uh, black professor and his wife who got their home appraised. Uh, they wanted to get, a, I guess it's a, maybe a, a loan on the home, maybe one of those, uh, those uh, equity loans on the home. And they needed to get the home appraised. So they got the home appraised. And it came back at $472,000, just about $22,000 more so than they paid for the house original, even in this exploding market in prices for the home. So the professor went to one of his uh, white professor buddies and said, hey, I want to see what happens when they believe it is your family, your children. So we make the home look like your home. And when the appraisal came back, and, and let me tell you, there's nothing new about these types of things occurring. It has occurred over and over and over again through, and, and every single person of color and to some extent women would tell you that uh, these are the things that happen to them on a consistent basis. But I must say, this one was, this one was grand theft to the, to the nth degree. So the home got reappraised after they changed supposedly who lived in the home for seven. It went instead of four hundred and seventy two thousand dollars. It appraised at seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars and almost three hundred thousand dollar differential. Now, again, if you read, read, read the article, the article states as follows. It said, Last summer, Nathan Connolly and his wife, Shani Mott, welcomed an appraiser in their house in Baltimore, hoping to take advantage of historically low interest rates and refinancing their mortgage. They believe their home, uh, uh, rather, they believe that their house it was improved with a $5,000 tankless water heater, if $35,000 another re renovation was worth much more than the 450,000 that they paid for in 2017. Home prices have been on the rise nationwide in the pandemic. And again, everybody knows the skyrocketing in prices of home. Hell, my home, if it's, you know, if they know it's not me in there, the price is astronomical based on today's value. Of course, it's going to fall when the market crash, which it ultimately Will, but at this point in time, his home is worth seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, seven hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars differential. Everybody, nobody wants to talk about systemic racism, or too many want to avoid the subject, not understanding that this systemic occurrence actually is more detrimental than one believe because it it not only continues to create the wealth and income disparity. But it is grand theft. It is actually taking the wealth of others and putting it into the other. Let me give an example with this, this right here. This person appraised the home at $450,000. The likely buyer of the home, let's say if it weren't for a loan, would have gotten that home, let's say, for $450,000. And when they flipped that home, they would have made approximately $300,000 more on that home. That money would have gone to the person, not the, not the owner who built the equity and appreciation in that home, but it would have gone to the buyer, likely somebody, not a POC. And again, that is what we call, first of all, yes, systemic racism, but it's actually theft. It is theft because, again, the person benefited, the, the, the appreciation of the home was taken away from the rightful owner of that home.
people talk about uh, POCs and others always complaining about these issues, always complaining about systemic racism. Oh, it's not real. I don't see racism. You know, what I tell people a whole lot about living in the South, and I discuss a whole lot of this at Netroot Nations and uh, Netroot Nation 2022 here in Pittsburgh, uh, PA. It doesn't really have to do with somebody calling you the N-word or somebody calling you the S-word or somebody calling you any of the epithets. That's not where, that's not where the type of racism that we're talking about, the type of systemic racism that we're talking about is important. I don't give a damn about that. If you take a look at my program, people call and call me ends or whatever, and I'll tell them, hey, have you been having a bad day or what? I don't care about that. But where it matters is when it, it, it materially affects your life, your well-being, your future, your future growth, etc. And that is what these types of systemic issues within our system do that is what occurs they stole they, they were about from the professor it was both his wife and himself are professors from these two they were about to steal three hundred thousand dollars from them and it was done in an antiseptic way that doesn't look like the common thief at a 7-eleven but that person who appreciated who uh, who gave his home an appraisal that was so much below that of the market was worse than the common thief that goes into 7-Eleven and steals a, a, a candy bar. And those are the things we have to understand about what occurs in this country. Many people don't want to look at it. Many people want to put their heads in the sand. Many people want to say, this is not really occurring. You guys are always complaining. But that's not the case. It is an abuse. It is what capitalism does. It is what uh, unfettered capitalism, which uses race and other factors as inputs into the bad deeds that it does that create these issues. And until we realize all of this, we will never, ever solve the problems at hand. Again, from $472,000, to $750,000, a almost $300,000 theft. That's a hell of a lot of cigarettes to steal in the 7-Eleven. And that guy that steals a cigarette in the 7-Eleven, he's going to go to jail for years. But that person who just stole or attempted to steal, this should be, that guy should be charged with attempted robbery. He should be charged with attempted robbery. And it should be that of a felony since it's over that felony amount, $300,000. Folks, if you don't see that, and if you don't see how that sort of a stuff permeates itself through the entire system, you go and buy a car, your loan amount, your, the interest on your loans are higher. You go to get a car, the initial value of that car is greater than they would the other person. We go through these issues over and over and over again and then they tell us oh it's in your mind it's not in our mind and it has cost billions if not not billions it has cost trillions in what folks should have had from the beginning of this country we have been cannibalizing on people but you know what's making the change or what will eventually make the change now that we are cannibalizing not on just a particular sect of americans with a particular hue but on 
all Americans as this economic system, as this fraudulent economic system eats at whatever it can. Folks, we better do better. Absolutely. So that, that, that simply blew my mind. Thank you so kindly, Peggy Lopez. Peggy Lopez says, you are amazing. Thank you, my dear, beautiful Peggy Lopez. I want to read what she actually wrote. It says, pair character dancing under a rain of confetti and taking his hat off to say, you are amazing. You know who's amazing? You are amazing. Thank you so kindly for your super, super, super. Muchísimas Gracias, mi hermana. Muchísimas gracias. All right, continuing with the program. Let's see. Uh, Daniel Ledo has been going back and forth about rights and what is a right and all of that, and rights have to be enforced. And all. It's amazing how the right has really gotten to some of these people. You know, it's amazing. Uh, they're suing. We'll see if it holds up. Of course, it's going to hold up in court. And I understand what you're saying, Lee Grant. Brother Grant, hear me out. It wasn't realized, okay? In other words, they didn't... Let me tell you how I said attempted theft. Let me tell you how it would have been theft. You force an appraisal below value. You then get them to sell at that appraised value. And then somebody immediately flips the house to the actual appraised value. That was money that's effectively stolen from the other family. Now, they wanted a loan. They didn't get the loan because the appraised value did not justify the loan that they wanted to get. Look, this is just one example, Lee Grant. This isn't a race card or anything like that. I live it. I live it. Um... I'm writing my, sto- my, my book, right? The, the other book that says um, Tribulations of a Latino, uh, of an Afro-Latino Caribbean man. That's my next book. And in that book, one of the stories that I'm telling is about forming Willie's Computer Software Company, my company, the software company that I had. I had a good friend, white, blue-eyed brother. It's my buddy. We hung together. The only difference is he was a coke addict, and I've never done drugs. I don't even drink anymore, but that's not here or there. I, I, I just choose. Well, I drink a beer. And when I was in Pittsburgh, I went out with the guys and I had one beer with a salad. But here's what I'm trying to say here. God, this is important. Um, we were both, he had a, 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 a business selling. Those were the days of where you sell the cards. Hey, come on, light. Those were the days when you sold the um. Long-distance cards, right? You had these cards that you sold for long distance. Well, as it turns out, he wanted $40,000 to buy other computers and all of that. What he was going to really use the $40 for? Take care, IVQ. Thank you. What he was going to really use the $40 for was probably to buy more Coke. I know my friend. But I wanted the $40,000 to go ahead and buy some other stuff. You know, I was completely computer software. They didn't even let me into the, into the office. The guy said, did you have collateral? No, I don't have collateral. Don't even bother filling out the application. But, but sir, I mean, if I, if I, stuff I needed the loan, right? Well, my friend went in and, oh, he got coffee and they brought him in. And, you know, when he called me, hey, how did it go? Uh, you know, they told me that, don't bother, I don't have collateral. Do you? I don't have it either, 
That's what he's saying. Oh, man, I go in there and they whine and dine me and they say, oh, you got a credit card company thing to them? And they say, he got his $40,000. I got zero. I didn't even get to apply. And so I built my company on 19, 20, 21%, 22% interest rates on my credit cards, Robin Peter to pay Paul. You guys are going to read that story when I print it in my, um, when I print the story. I have so many of these stories. You know, let me tell you what hurts sometimes. And I don't mean hurt physically or whatever. When I say hurts, I'm using it literally because I don't hurt about these things anymore, right? I've learned to just let it uh, go off my, my chest, if you will. But the amount of crap that I went through as a black, Latino, Caribbean businessman. Most people would have called it quits. These are the stories that I'm telling in my new book. Uh, let, me, let me find it because I'm, I'm writing it a chapter at a time. Check it out. It's called The Tribulations. Of an Afro-Latino-Caribbean man, racism didn't stop my smile, hope, or journey forward. And what I meant by that is, I continued, man. They told me I couldn't have the loan. Well, I had credit cards, and I built a company on that high-interest credit card. I could tell you stuff about getting the house. I could tell you stuff about going to China. I could tell all these stories are going to be, I'm going to be telling one at a time. So, Lee, I'm going to ask you something as a fair guy that I know that you are. Stop believing the right one. They say, oh, you're just calling racism or all that kind of stuff. Especially to somebody like me who has lived it. Okay? Fighting twice as hard for half as much. It's, no, it's not in my imagination. It's not a race card. It's a reality. And I don't speak a whole lot about that, what happened to me and all of that, but I'm writing a book now, so I'm going to. And I'm doing it because I'm hoping that a lot of folks, I'm not hoping, I'm hoping that a lot of folks like you, brother uh, Grant, buys this book and get a lot of your brothers and sisters on the other side to buy this book. Because I'm telling you, the tribulations are real. Ask. Ask people like me. Ask people with a name like Rodriguez, Lopez, Pensas, what I've gone through. Egberto, great program as always. It's about time for you to say, my name is Egberto, and what? <laughs> yeah, I got, I got two minutes to say that. All right, so anybody has anything else that they want me to say? Come on, come on, let me hear it. If you tell me now, I'll go ahead and say it. I'll bring it up. I'll read it before I go. All right, let's see. No regulation is, let's see. Peggy Lopez says, fighting three times as hard for a quarter of the result is a story of most women who have tried to get ahead. I agree. It's not, it's no fun. And women, you know what? I've always said that the, the, the gender card is actually harder than the race card. And the reason why, and I, I want, I, I, I'm, you know, women have given me a hard time for saying this, but I believe it honestly. That Obama was already president and Hillary Clinton still trying, I think it's proof. When I wrote that article at Daily Coast, the women went down my throat, but I still believe that. I think women 
have taken the brunt because you go into a black church, women work it and they're treated like you know what. You go into the white church, women work it, they're treated like you know what. You go into the Latino churches, same thing. Women working hard. And then some guy comes up and takes the credit. So, Peggy Lopez, estoy contigo. Exactamente lo que estás diciendo, exactly what you're saying. I'm absolutely with you. Anyway, we are coming close to the end of the program. Uh, my name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.